The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. It's time for Marion McCone and Carl Thomas from the United States. And Carl, I'm going to start with you, not about the potential Donald Trump run for the presidency. We'll get to that. I want to talk about the incumbent, Joe Biden, and his meeting with Xi Jinping yesterday. Uh, How significant do you think that meeting may turn out to have been? Well, it depends on uh, whether Mr. Xi takes Biden seriously or not, sees him as a strong president or a weak one. Just weeks ago, President Biden was saying uh, nasty things about President Xi. He once called him during the presidential campaign a thug. He's also said openly and on several occasions that if China invades Taiwan, the United States will defend the island with military force. Now, the White House had to walk that back. According to the news conference that Biden had, he didn't bring up the fentanyl crisis that is killing thousands of especially young people in America as it's made in China and smuggled across our southern border. And uh, I'm just and he didn't, of course, bring up uh, uh, Xi's complicity in the uh, covid virus that seems to have originated in a lab in Wuhan, China. So these are two major things. Uh, I don't know uh, how Xi is going to take the measure of the man, but I'm not very confident about it. What do you make of yesterday's meeting, Marion? And do you think has it reinforced the American support for Taiwan, which will dissuade China from taking action to try and take control of the country? Yeah, I I think a couple of things with this, Cal. Um, First of all, bringing up fentanyl would be absolutely inappropriate, if not, frankly, ridiculous. Fentanyl isn't brought in over. A lot of it is made in Mexico now, for starters. The Mexican drug lords have have figured out that very, very nicely, and they're making a huge amount. Uh, But what's happening is Americans are going to Mexico to bring it back. All this Carrie Lake myths and nonsense about fentanyl being brought up, you know, by the sack load by illegal immigrants is just not true. 85% of fentanyl that's brought over the border from Mexico is brought in by Americans who have gone there specifically to get themselves. Only 15% is brought is smuggled in. So, you know, that's not a, a topic for a meeting with the at, at all. I think, look, you know, actions speak louder than words. I think the CHIPS Act is something very important that Biden did, where he said, you know what, we're going to make our own semiconductors. We're going to make all our own stuff. We're not going to have to be going to you for this stuff in the future because we're doing it in America. I think things like that show, will show America's strength because when you have such a dependency, and we saw it with all, with all of the supply chain crises, um, you know, it, it, it gives the other leader a natural advantage. So I think Biden went in, firstly, with the wind at his back from very positive midterm election results. He didn't look like a weakened president at all at home and that's always good and i you know so i think that there it was probably an optimal time for biden to go to that meeting let's see what it delivers but i think he got off to a good start and i think that mz may may actually realize that this is a president to be reckoned with this is a president who's got things done and then what do you make uh, cal of a federal judge deciding that one of joe biden's big achievements as his supporters would claim that student loan relief is actually unlawful well the cynics in america i'm not a cynic but i have been an observer of uh, the political scene in this country for many decades uh, would say that uh, the reason uh, biden unilaterally canceled student debt was to get the youth vote in the uh, 
congressional elections last week, much of which he did, in fact. Uh, under our Constitution, the House of Representatives has sole authority when it comes to appropriating money. Uh, the judge, in my view, was correct in saying that Biden did not have the authority to cancel a student debt. These are contracts with banks and with others. These are students who promise to pay back their loans. What kind of message does that send to people? How would you be able to do that if you signed a, a deal for an automobile in Ireland and promised to pay it? Then all of a sudden the Taoiseach says, hey, you don't have to pay that bill. Go on and drive your car and enjoy your life. How long would that last? Sorry, I, I think it's a very bad precedent. Yeah, but corporations are forever getting debt write-offs. It's, it's a constant of that's, Wall Street and life. That, Sorry, yeah, no, let me just take the point that, that there are right. often situations whereby even governments as well give write-offs to the select few in corporate life. So it's well, just a factor. Uh, if you're unable to pay, then you do a negotiation on what people can pay. And this whole thing about moral hazard only seems to apply to the individuals, but rarely nobody seems is, to apply to the rich and to big corporations. Nobody, oh, please, let's not go down that road again. Nobody is forced to go to expensive universities. And if you haven't noticed, every time the government gets involved and sends money to universities, the tuition and the room and board go up. There's going to be no difference if this somehow gets through and there's debt relief for only one generation of young people. What about the people who have already paid off their loans? What about people who are getting ready to go to college and will have to take out loans then? This is a one-off, and it was designed, in my view, to get the youth vote in the last election. What do you say to that, Marion McKeown? You know, I think Cal may be partly right there. It was certainly attractive to a lot of youth who would come out to vote. And certainly university campuses showed that there were huge increases in student votes. But I think that was more to do with abortion rights than student loans. But you know what? There certainly may have been an element of student loans. I am... disagree to Cal, but I think that you're right in in one respect that the student loan um, situation, they need to cap the costs at universities because they're crazy. They're out of control. They need to have some kind of a if government funding is going into universities and colleges, they need to say, OK, you can't. You know what I mean? There needs to be American education. People are coming out of college with owing three hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000. It's insane. Uh, so I, I think that more needs to be done than a one-off there. But I absolutely support the one-off because, uh, you know, certainly in Congress, the people who are yelling the loudest, i.e. Marjorie Taylor Greene and all of the Republicans, they all had massive debt forgiveness after COVID for their various businesses and, you know, whatever. So I, I I think that it's unfair. Students have been uh, gouged, I really do believe, by prices. And I think what Biden needs to do now is to follow that up with far more strict controls on what universities and colleges can charge. OK, the midterms. Marion, I'll stay with you in this first. It turns out that far from getting a red wave, this has been a relative success for the Democrats, the elections last week, weren't they? Well, yeah, and you know, Cal, I hate to say I told you so, but the last time we saw each other, I said they, the Republicans would pick up five, and I think you said they'd pick up 35. But anyway, uh, we are where we are today, and I think it's really good news for the country. I really do, because the people who were running, the caliber, look, the, it looks to me like there are about 13 seats outstanding. I think Republicans will take control of the House. I see about 10 of those seats maybe going to Democrats, which will bring them up to about 215. Um, but, but the Republicans just have to get three 
to take control. And I, and I really think they will. So I think it's a given. But it's such a narrow control. And I wouldn't be Kevin McCarthy for anything at this stage if he is the leader, because the bargains he's going to have to do, he's a weak guy anyway. He's not a strong leader. Um, you know, and so I think that he's going to have to bend over backwards to keep the Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greens on board, and even then there will be no, con- you know, reliance on that. If if they go ahead and they do what the, what all of the far right want, they persecute, to use Donald Trump's word, people like Anthony Fauci. They go after Hunter Biden. They impeach Joe Biden. It, it, they're just going to shoot themselves in the foot repeatedly. So I think it'd be really foolish, but I don't see how they can avoid that. But I think to get back to the results, um, that the the, the Democrats. Not only do they control the Senate now, that's a given with the results coming out of Nevada, but I really think they're going to, that Raphael Warnock will keep his seat in um, Georgia and they will actually have a net gain of one, which means that Joe Manchin can really go and whistle for the next two years because the grip that he had on the Democrats in the Senate and all of his vetoes will now, I think, be ended. I don't think Republicans will turn out in the same numbers for for Herschel Warnock without Brian Kemp on the team. your assessment now a week gone of the results. Well, Marion is right, of course, and I was wrong. Mea culpa, mea culpa, Marion. But I'm not the only... I was... I wasn't the only one, of course. I mean, when you had inflation, when you had high prices, when you had all of these other things that affected so many people, what Republicans did was nominate the wrong people. I think Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader, was right when he talked about uh, uh, nominating good candidates was uh, essential to victory. You had an awful lot of these uh, election deniers. You had uh, crazy people saying all kinds of wild stuff out there. So I think the Republicans have to uh, engage in some great introspection, and they have to realize that some of the old arguments are not going to work with especially a new generation of young people. And independents, independents are now the largest party, larger than Republicans and Democrats, and they have to be appealed to. They have gone either way in the past, depending. And so uh, I agree with Marion. I think that uh, Kevin McCarthy would be a terrible choice. I'd like to see somebody from outside of Congress come in as Speaker. That would be different. There's no constitutional uh, prohibition against that, but it's probably not going to, going to happen. Okay. Trump. Is he going to announce tonight, Marion McCone, or has he been undermined by the results and might he pull back now for fear that things aren't going to work out for him? Uh, I think he will definitely give people the impression that he's running. Now, whether or not he fudges it tonight or not, I don't know. Or he may, and, or he may go ahead with his big announcement for so many reasons, you know, he will not bow to Ron DeSantis. Now, we saw that that in uh, New Hampshire and Iowa, Ron DeSantis is way ahead in early polls for primaries. But, you know, they're not Trump's places anyway. He was never big in New Hampshire. Uh, so he'll disregard that. But I, I think that he needs the money. Trump has raised over a quarter of a billion dollars since the 2020 election was over by claiming that the election was stolen from him. If he says he's going to run again, all of these poor MAGA supporters of his office base will give him money again that he does not deserve and that they can't afford. So it's a grift. 
Yeah, it's a grift, I think. But also he probably believes, and I think maybe wrongly, it'll stop him from being criminally prosecuted yeah, that's maybe in any important. of the three. It won't necessarily, though. But I, I think that he, it's ego. It's his enmity with DeSantis. It's the money it'll bring in for him. And, he, you know, even if he doesn't run, he could easily pocket another quarter of a billion. I, I'd say he reckons. And he probably thinks it'll keep him out of jail. But I'm, I'm not sure. It may keep him out of jail, but it won't stop him from being prosecuted, I think. So, Carl Thomas, will this split the Republican Party if he announces tonight? I don't think there's any question about it. And uh, a number of conservative commentators, not just me, but the New York Post and the Wall Street Journal editorials and op-ed columns have said, don't run, you're going to ruin the Republican Party. Uh, Just up the road from uh, Mar-a-Lago, there's going to be a big gathering tonight also where Ron DeSantis is the main speaker. I think uh, he and Governor Youngkin in Virginia and uh, Tim Scott of South Carolina and possibly uh, uh, Christy Noem of of North uh, North Dakota, Governor, uh, I think these are the wave of the future. Uh, People are tired of the 70 and 80 years old. I mean, Biden's going to be 80 years old, what, next week? Uh, We need a younger generation. As JFK said uh, in his inaugural address, the torch has been passed to a new generation. I think we need that. I've been reading Mike Pence's new book over the weekend, so help me God, and I'm saying in a column I'm writing Thursday, that uh, Trump gave uh, Biden the ult- uh, Trump gave uh, Pence the ultimate compliment when he refused to overturn the results of the election and send the electors back to the states. He said, "Mike, you're too honest." Now that was cynical, but that is a great character reference. You're too honest. When you said "so help me God," was that a comment about having to read the book, or is that the title of the book? That's the title of the book. It's out today. He did a one-hour interview with ABC's. Uh, uh, David Muir last night, in which he called uh, Trump's behavior uh, on January 6th last year reckless. He said it angered him greatly. He said it put himself, his wife, and his daughter at, uh, at the threat of personal harm. It was the most uh, open he has been, and uh, I think uh, he, everything he said was absolutely true. The book is a great read, uh, not just for the juicy parts about Trump, but his upbringing in Indiana and the values and morals that shaped his life. Marion McKillen, this listener, has a question. Will Trump do a Ross Perot? And I think this is a reference to third-party candidate. Could Trump be the type that if he didn't get the Republican nomination, he'll wreck things for the Republicans by running against DeSantis, clearing the path effectively for the Democrats, but allowing him to raise money and to avoid possible prosecution? Yeah, I think he could absolutely, because remember, this is all about Trump. This isn't about the Republican Party. And, you know, it's interesting what Cal just said there about Mike Pence, the cynicism to me of the Republican Party. They were perfectly happy to tolerate Trump and all of his appalling behavior while they thought they were winning with him. Uh, Mike Pence could have come out uh, and spoken to the January 6th committee, as he was asked to do. He refused to do so. Um, You know, like this is the first time he's come out and said Trump is reckless. And, you know, that's a lack of integrity to me. Me. It really is that you say it when it suits your purposes. Now that Trump is down, it's okay to put the boot in. But they all went along with the Trump, you know, on the on they drove along in the Trump bandwagon for the last five six years. And now that they've seen the parties in ruins, they're thinking, oh, we better rebuild. I hope somebody like Larry Hogan runs, and I hope he gets the nomination because he's a decent guy. He was a good governor, and I think that's the kind of person that the Republican Party needed. But they kicked out the, Lynn Ch- the Lynn- Liz Cheneys, they kicked out Peter Major, they kicked out Adam Kissinger, they kicked out all of their decent people. So tough, you know. 
you know, if Trump says anything interesting, we'll come back to you, Mary McKeown and Cal Thomas tomorrow. Thank you both for being with us. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-